have had just kind of a struggle to get here. But it's been a bit of a fight even just to show up to church today. Those of you joining online, that took the time to sit down, turn the service on, and now you're in, just listening in and engaging in what God has for you. I just sense that even for some, it was a fight. And, and we're going to lean into today talking about hearing God's voice. But it's not always easy. And sometimes taking that next obedience step means we actually have to push back a little bit of the darkness. So honestly, I just want to encourage you that as you stand in this moment, if it wasn't right to get here today, if you had to overcome some personal things, some struggles, some mental games going on in your head, but you sit today and you sing the songs and you're lifting up your voice and you're praising Jesus in the midst of it, I'm telling you a breakthrough is coming. Keep going, keep pressing. Because it can be hard sometimes, and I just want to acknowledge that today. Last week, Pastor Jason talked about um, Hannah, the story of Hannah, and how to pray through pain. And the truth is, every single one of us can identify with having to pray through painful periods. Maybe you're in one right now, you've been in one, or one is coming. And when we have to pray through a difficult period in our life, you know, sometimes we just have to come before the Lord and lay it all down because we don't have anything in and of ourselves. But we serve a good father, a good father who was faithful to Hannah, who gave Hannah Samuel, and Hannah went and then in turn gave Samuel back to the Lord. In just a few verses later, it actually says that God gave him three more sons and two more daughters. She had a quiver full, and that is the kind of God that we serve. That, that we, we can't help give God that no matter how much we might feel like we've sacrificed, what He has for us, what He has in store for us, is so much greater than what we could ever give Him. And that's exciting. And this week, to love more like Jesus, we're going to dive in to the story of Samuel as we learn to hear from voice. Well, there's a couple of things I want to say off the top about hearing God's voice because this is a difficult topic to lean into because it's a space in church where we've had a lot of pain and a lot of abuse and a lot of where we've got it wrong. And so even leaning into teach on hearing God's voice and us wanting to embrace this and really hear and begin to share what we sense that God is saying, the very first thing we need to do is we need to bathe it all in love. What did Corinthians say? That your words are a noisy gong and a tiny symbol if they are not anchored in love. We are learning how to love more like Jesus, but we have to hear God's voice and share what we hear through the lens of love always. If it is not grounded in love, do not share it. Even if it is from God, if it is not coming through love, do not share it. The second thing is, when God speaks to you, often it is for prayer. First, it is prepared. Take it to prayer. Take it to prayer and ask God and seek Him for what He would have you do with it. Because as God speaks to you, as He reveals things to you, and as you take them to prayer, powerful things happen. Sometimes we get a little high in our own eyes and we think, oh, I'm going to I've got the word and I'm going to bring it and it's going to change someone's life. God doesn't actually need us. He's going to do the work. He loves to use us, but it's got to be based in love and faith in prayer. Okay, so as we get into this conversation today, I want you to remember those two things. All right, we're going to do something right off the top. 
I want you to think about the closest people in your life that have influence, that have a voice in your life, that ask things of you, that demand things of you, that have opinions, that share, you know, what they think about different things. Maybe it's the people who live in your household, your immediate family. Now I want you to extend out one level. Think about the rest of the people that you have. Maybe it's your extended family, your friend group. Maybe it's your workplace and colleagues. The voices that are sharing, whether you ask or not, what they think about the world, what they think about what's going on with our government and COVID and all of the things that are constantly coming us. Now, extend one more place. How about the news you're listening to? How about the social media feeds that you're scrolling and reading? What are they saying to you? What are the messages that are coming, the books you're reading, the music you're listening to? How is it shaping and forming who you are? What is it asking of you? And as you think about all of those voices, as you think about all of those crowding into your life, crowding into your head, is it a wonder why sometimes it's hard to both hear and discern the voice of God in the midst of all of that? And if we were really honest with ourselves, as we think about for all of our lives, it's all of those voices that come into our lives and what we allow into our lives. How big, how loud, how much space do we give the voice of God in the midst of all of that? And the truth is, part of what we want to do in Hearthstone is the answer to this, because we realize it's just enough enough that we want to give God priority to be the voice that we're listening to over all the other voices that are clamoring for our attention. In first Samuel chapter 3, I really encourage you to go home. If you did it last week and start reading the book of Samuel, it's so good. The story is so good. We're just going to pull out a few parts, but go home and read it. It is so good. In first Samuel chapter 3, it says, The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Things are about to change. God is about to speak once again. And it's going to change the course of the future that is coming. But it was hard for Samuel to hear the voice of God because the voice of the Lord was rare in that day. And actually, the scriptures actually say that Samuel didn't yet know God. Isn't it interesting that Samuel was being mentored and trained by the priest Eli? In fact, his entire life was devoted to God, working in the temple, doing the work of the Lord. But the scriptures actually say that he didn't yet know God because God hadn't revealed himself to him yet. How many of us go through the motions of following God, the motions of what it is that we have to do, or even knowing about God. But do we really know Him? Do we really have a revelation of who He is? Samuel is about to have a revelation of who He is. And the time of Samuel wasn't that much different than the time that you and I find ourselves in today. The scriptures describe it as everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. Doesn't it sound a little bit like the world we live in today? I'm going to own my truth, my truth is my truth, and 
call. Uh, we, we're just going to do what feels right. We're going to do and we're going to let them start lead. I mean, we all have our own version of truth. And it, and it feels a lot like this, which is why it can be hard to discern the voice of God in the midst of so many people saying, this is the truth, follow this way. Eli, the priest, his house was a mess. His house was a mess. His sons were like, defiling the house of the Lord. And Eli confronted them, but he didn't do anything about it. And God is about to speak. If you keep reading, you can see that the Lord actually calls Samuel three times. And three times he goes to Eli and says, Yes, you can me, what is it? He hears, he can hear the voice, but he can't discern that it's the voice of God. And sometimes that's the same way with us, that we, it's not that we can't hear the voice, it's not that we can't hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit, it's that it's difficult to discern the voice of God amidst all the other voices that are coming to us. And who we turn to when this happens is crucial. We must turn to someone who's going to help us to be able to discern the voice of God. But as you reflect on all the voices that you let into your life, as you just did a minute ago, it's a great question to ask yourself. Who am I listening to to help me discern the voice of God in my life? As we continue in the story, it says, And the Lord called Samuel again, the third time he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say this. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went to lay down in his bed. I want us to do something together right now. I just want you to put your hands up and say, I want us together to pray this simple prayer. That you are to stand with. Speak word and serve with this one. Let's really say that we are going to speak and serve with this one. Let's continue. We all need people, both Eli and our life, to foster us to hear and discern the voice of God. But in order to be able to do that, in order to truly be able to hear and discern the voice of God, we have to have the posture of a servant. And that is the prayer of our heart today, God, which reveals to us what it means to truly be your servant. You see, what does a servant do? A servant listens and obeys, and obeys quickly. We don't really like this idea of being a servant because we've seen it misused and we've seen it done in all the wrong ways. Historically, all through time and even today, we see abuses of power over and over and over again. So it's really hard for us to put ourselves in the posture of a servant because we feel like we're going to be taken advantage of. We feel like someone is going to abuse the power that they have and use it against us. But the truth is, we serve a good master, a perfect master who is loving in all of his ways. And we have to learn, as Pastor Dave shared that scripture, to trust our master and to posture ourselves as a servant before him. The story continues, and then, and then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it in Israel. On that day, I will confess against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the first of Eli, 
But the immediate life was to not be attempted and sacrifice for everything forever. Then we lay down to learn that he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Solomon was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. Again, this is the first time that they were hearing the voice of the Lord and this is what the Lord tells them and it is a message for Eli. But I love what Eli does. This is his response. Eli says, What is it that he has told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you find anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, He pleads the Lord. Let him do what he said to him. A sobering word came to Eli in his household. But Eli's heart, regardless of what we could say about his life, regardless of what we could say about him not addressing what was happening right in his own home, his heart was hungry to hear the word of the Lord, and he invited that truth into his life. He wanted the whole truth, regardless of the consequences of what that was going to mean. It's a beautiful, beautiful reality. And the truth is, when we bring a word, when we bring truth, when God speaks to us and we bring that truth, the receiver also has to be open to hearing that word. You know, I've been in a couple of situations that have been, I mean, they're funny now. They weren't necessarily funny then when they happened. But I can remember at uh, a youth retreat when Jason and I were youth pastors, we had a prophetic and so he was prophesying over the kids and speaking things over the students, and it was powerful and wonderful. And Jason and I have always had this rule stay away from dates, stay away from me. Just, just stay away from that stuff because that stuff gets bad. So this speaker comes up and he's publicly in front of everybody, and he points out this young gentleman in the crowd, and he says, God sees your heart and your desire to have a future family and a wife. And I want you to know that the Lord says that your wife is not in this room. And that, that, you, that he has a wife for you. And his girlfriend was sitting beside him. So that didn't go over so well. She literally got up in a storm, bawling her eyes out. And we were like, He's willing 
tip for mom. For mom is listen and obey quickly and be the right Never underestimate, never underestimate the small beginnings of your obedience. Because your obedient yes is going to open the door for the next obedient yes and the next one to follow after that. But just the exact opposite is the same, and that's what we see in reference to Eli. That when we disobey, we delay the purposes of God in our lives. And that's what happened to Eli, and it is great consequences for him and his family forever. In 1 Samuel 3 19, it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with them. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with them, and let none of his words fall to the ground. In the very next verse, it says that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. God goes on to use Samuel to do incredible things, to literally change the trajectory of the future for the people of Israel. He anoints the first two kings for them to ever have, and so on and so on and so on. You can read all through the scriptures, all of the things that the prophet Samuel did. It was Absolutely incredible. But again, we can remember it all began with Hannah's sacrificial obedience. Yes, I guarantee you, she had no idea what God had in store for her son. It's beautiful. But both of them pastored themselves as a servant and submitted themselves to the Lord in obedience. All right, we're going to dive now into the life of Jesus. Let's pull this into the life of Jesus and find out what we can learn. From Jesus about listening to the voice of God. There's a scripture, a story, much like Samuel as a young boy, where Jesus was young and his parents, Mary and Joseph, find him teaching in his father's house. And the scripture says everyone was amazed at both his youth and his wisdom. And very much like Samuel, we see in Luke 2 52, it says, When Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men, also, another similar parallel between these two stories is that before the time of Samuel, the voice of the Lord was rare. God was not speaking in that way. But the same thing happened before Jesus came on the scene. 400 years of silence preceded Jesus coming onto the scene. Jesus, as our true prophet, came and again re-emerged prophetic ministry through his life. In Deuteronomy 18, 18, it says, there's a prophetic word that, speaking of Jesus, I will raise up for them a prophet, like you from among your brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak to them all that I command him. But it doesn't end there. It's so exciting because in Acts 2, so Jesus comes on the scene as our true prophet. Then he fulfills all that God has called him to. But then we see for all of us in Acts 2, in the next part of the story, that it says that in the last days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Meaning you and I, we all can hear the word of the Lord. We can prophesy, seeing dreams and visions, and speaking the word of God, that God has revealed to us through his word in powerful ways. We seek to hear the voice of God for the purpose of obeying. And as long as we remember that we are servants of the Lord, then we will listen and obey quickly. 
that unlike Samuel, Jesus is our true prophet. He's our better Samuel. But there is never a recorded time in history where Jesus was unable to discern the voice of his father, God's voice. And he came to deliver and fulfill the greatest message of all time, salvation for you and for me, resurrection from death to life, and the promise of eternity where all things will become new. And this is the part of the story, the end part of the story that we get to live in as Jesus one day will return and bring us into all eternity where all things will be new. So how did Jesus then foster himself to hear God's voice? Mark 1, verses 35 to 37, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he came. There's something so powerful and significant about rising in the dark when in the natural it is still dark outside and posturing ourselves to pray, posturing ourselves to listen and prepare. This is a true servant does in the natural, awakes before his master to, to get things ready and to prepare so us for our good and perfect master. Awake early in the morning and be ready and prepare and ready ourselves for him to speak, for him to lead us, for him to guide us. Jesus practices this. And it's going to be just the next verse of Simon and those who were with him searched for him and they found him and they said, Everyone is looking for you. Who is that everyone? I mean, every single one of us can relate to having everyone, or everyone, all of those people you followed at the beginning looking for you, asking something of you, demanding something of you. And yet, Jesus still prioritized over all the important things that he had to do, spending time with his father because he was absolutely dependent on his father. And if Jesus, who was God in the flesh, needed to intentionally be dependent on his father to follow his will, then how much more for you and for me? You see, everything Jesus does is done through love. And to love like Jesus, we need to live like Jesus. He was prioritized time for his father over everyone and everything else because he was a true servant. The scriptures say that Jesus did not count equality with God something to be done, but humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. It actually says that Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And Jesus taught us the greatest in the kingdom of all is a servant. What could it be if we truly took on the posture of a servant? To our good and perfect master, what is it that we can accomplish together? Samuel was instructed the very same thing in his reply to the Lord, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Our key today to listening and obeying is having the posture of a servant with our Lord. Just last week, uh, one day, of the week last week, and I went to bed, and it was night, and it was a very long day, and I had prayed before I went to bed, and I said, Lord, I'm not going to set my alarm today, because it's been a long day, and it's very late, and I'm really tired. But, if you want to wake me up without my alarm, to spend time with you, if you have something for me, then I'm willing to give you permission. It's funny to say I give you permission, but I need my permission. <laughs> but it's, that was the 
willingness of my heart to me. And so I went to sleep, and uh, I woke, and I woke, and it was still dark, and I woke, and I instantly remembered the prayer that I went to sleep on, as if I had just prayed it in that moment. It was right on my spirit, right there. And I opened my eyes, and I looked at the clock, and it was 4.15. And I, I looked at the clock, and I was like, oh, Lord, because I felt like we were still talking. And I said, oh, Lord, I was thinking, like, like 5.30, 6.30. Like, oh, this is still the middle of the night. And just as quickly as I sort of had that conversation with the Lord, I rolled over and came back to sleep. A couple of hours later, I did wake again, and I got up, and I went to go and stay time with the Lord, and I felt, I felt like I could breathe the Lord. I felt like I could breathe the Holy Spirit, and I felt a sense of grief over this because I actually felt like I missed out on something, something special, something good, something that that extra couple of hours of sleep really didn't amount to anything. And it wasn't condemnation, it was a loving conviction that I took some time to repent and I took some time to confess that and to repent. But I, as I reflected on that moment, I realized that I forgot how close this was a in that moment. And in that moment, I said, no, I'd rather be the master than I'm going to call this back and get to the same guy and I'll see what I'm going to do really what I need. And again, it's like, Simple as that sometimes when our pastor shifts that we can miss what God has for us. There's a few things you can learn from the life of Eli, Samuel, and of course Jesus when it comes to hearing God. Sometimes we can be like Eli, where we don't hear God because of everything that's going on in our life, and all we want is for God to be on our side about it. You know, sometimes our life is a bit of a mess, and we sort of justify that, where we're like in it, and we're like, oh, like, and we want God to be on our side about it, and we feel self-justified in the midst of it, and it's hard to hear God when we're in that place. Sometimes we can be like Samuel, and we can have a difficulty, maybe not hearing, maybe we hear it, but it's hard to discern the voice of God because of all the noise and all the clamor and everything else that is coming in us. But our goal, our true goal, the desire of our heart is to be more like Jesus. In that we hear God's voice, and we're obedient quickly, that we're submitted to His will as servants of the Lord. And you know, even Jesus experienced a time where He went into the wilderness and He was tempted. He was tempted by the devil, and the devil threw at Him things that seemed attractive. And in fact, they were even things that God had already promised and desired to give Him in God's way, not in his own way. And Jesus, what did he do? He took the word and he said, No, it is written. It is written. This is the truth. The truth is that if we're going to discern the voice of God, we've got to be in this word because we've got to know what it says because this is how we get to know God. To know God is to love him. And to know him is to hear his voice. And Jesus said, I'm a good shepherd. And if you follow me, and they hear my voice because they know me. It's the Samuel, before he heard the voice of, the, of God, before he had the revelation, he did not yet know God. Eli and his sons, they had the word of the Lord, they knew the word of the Lord, but they didn't know God because they weren't obedient. They weren't obedient to follow what he asked them to do. 
So there are four key words that we're going to talk as we close to help you remember how to hear God's word. First, we want to posture ourselves in submission to the Holy Spirit as true servants of God. We need to bind the, the voice of the enemy and be humbly committed to growing. And this means we're going to make you We're not going to get it perfect, and that's okay. Second, we want to prioritize hearing and obeying God's word and following his word as the greatest voice, the loudest voice in our life. Remember, there's a distinguishing difference between God's voice and the voice of the enemy, and sometimes it can look like this. Where God leads, Satan tries to drive us or control us. Where God convicts us, Satan condemns us. And where God inspires faith, Satan fuels our fear. We need each other. We need people. We need to commit to growing together with Jesus in Christ's likeness by attending church, joining a small group, coming along for Christmas, doing this together. We have to do it together because we can't do it alone. And we need to plan. When are we going to spend time with Him? When are we going to take time before Him to listen, to posture ourselves as a servant, and to receive His word for our life? Together, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, for the word that you have given us through the scriptures. The word that helps us to know who you are, to know how you feel about us, and to listen to your voice. The word that you want to reveal to us every single day afresh. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that enables us to understand and to receive revelation. God, we only come before you and we ask you to forgive us for the times that we fail to wait for your direction and just walk out in our own strength. God, thank you for your faithfulness in redeeming our mistakes. Help us, oh God, to tune out the clamor of the world, the clamor of my own heart, and the work of the enemy all around us. Lord, teach us to feel ourselves before you, to listen for your voice, to obey and follow quickly. Holy Spirit, lead us. Lead us into the divine appointments that you have gone ahead and prepared in advance for us to walk in. Lord, help us to honor you in all of our ways. And may our motivation be that of a servant to bring you glory in all that we do. We receive a first today the fullness of all you promised to us. We receive your grace, your forgiveness, and we want to walk in your ways and your truth. For some of you, listening and hearing the voice of God is new. Maybe you would even say, I don't think I've heard it before. I really encourage you this week, take some time to pray that prayer. Speak the word your servant is listening, and then open up his word. And I promise you, he will speak something beautiful and powerful in your life. Thank you.